0: Welcome, everyone, to the Lazy Landlord Podcast on Benzinga. We're going to use this platform to allow you to hear from the very best in the industry. We're going to be talking to founders and CEOs of some of the biggest REITs that have built some of the largest, most valuable real estate portfolios on the planet. The companies that are bringing new opportunities to investors through crowdfunding, uh, fractional ownerships. Um, other investors that have found ways to really scale their passive real estate investments, and really anyone that's going to help you make better decisions with your investments. So go subscribe and become a Lazy Landlord yourself. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Lazy Landlord podcast here on Benzinga. Today, we have Adam Kaufman, who's the co-founder and COO of the real estate crowdfunding platform, ArborCrowd. Now, this platform is a bit unique compared to many of the others out there. Uh, for one, uh, it's actually the first crowdfunding platform launched by a real estate institution. And it's also unique in that the company has so much faith in the deals that land on the platform that an ArborCrowd affiliate actually invests equity up front. And putting its own skin in the game before asking the crowd to invest. Uh, now, Adam, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to get into some of the deals you guys are doing, some of the opportunities you have for investors, and, you know, just the real estate market in general right now. But first, you know, I understand that you sort of grew up in this industry, so I would love to hear a little bit about that and, you know, how that turned into actually starting Arbor ArborCrowd.
1: Yeah, well, thank you for having me here today, Kevin. I'm I'm excited to be here. Um, I have been around real estate my entire life. Uh, Some could argue that it's in my blood. Uh, My father, Ivan Kaufman, uh, he is a serial entrepreneur in the commercial real estate space. He is the chairman and CEO of a publicly traded real estate investment trust, Arbor Realty Trust. Uh, They offer uh, financing solutions, mortgage solutions for uh, sponsors and borrowers in the multifamily space uh, in particular. Uh, My family members work in real estate. Um, It was what was talked about around the dinner table almost every night growing up. Um, So it it was just a part of me.
0: Yeah. I mean, what really inspired you to, you know, to get Arbor Crowd going?
1: I I think it's really the entrepreneurial nature that I grew up um, in and around that, that my father, Ivan, um, really exhibits. When 2013 or 12, 2012 and then 2013 signed into law, but Something called the JOBS Act was passed, the Jumpstart Our Business Startups Act, and it had a lot of different effects in the world. Um, But what it did for real estate and crowdfunding in general was eliminate the prohibition of general solicitation to invest in opportunities. So prior to that, you had to have somebody in your Rolodex before you could reach out to them to solicit investment. Uh, for the first time now, you did not. You could go more broadly online um, and through the access of technology and the reach of technology, uh, you could actually solicit people to make investments at that time. I was you know watching this very closely happening. Um, I was actually working in d c at the time um, and was was very very aware of it. and our entrepreneurial background led to understanding that all of a sudden there was going to be a whole new investor class that was going to come online to access real estate investment opportunities. And we wanted to, you know, take advantage of that and provide that opportunity, knowing that we have so much experience in the market and so much access and
0: partnerships. What makes Arbor Crowd, you know, kind of stand out from, say, you know, the cadre or equity multiple or, you know, any of the other, you know, crowdfunding sites out there right now?
1: Firstly, I think it's important to note that anybody could be a commercial real estate crowdfunding platform. What does that mean? You can create an investment, uh, create a website, uh, find an investment and post it online. It's really as simple as that. And at the end of the day, I think that the environment in which we operate and live in needs a lot more structure and regulation. And that's something that I've been talking about since the inception. But more specifically to your question. There are a lot of different models out there. There are a lot of more serious players out there. You've just named a few. Um, But with that said, we all operate very differently. One of the things that we do, first and foremost, is identify ourselves as a real estate company, not a technology company. We believe the underlying product is real estate. You have to exhibit and have the expertise in the product before you can offer that to the crowd or, 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 or offer investments up on your platform. And then even more so, we take it more specifically in saying that we have an expertise in multifamily and there are a lot of platforms out there, uh, you know, offering a lot of different asset classes, deal types to investors. And with our experience, we understand how difficult it is to be an expert in so many uh, verticals, so many asset classes, especially when you're not even identifying as a real estate company, you're a technology company. So it's important that, you know, investors really look and and, and analyze the platforms that they're investing with, the underlying expertise and the underlying business plans of the individual properties. We're even more specific because we focus so much on quality. We actually take down the deals. Like you said in your intro, we front the equity, write the check up front, which is great for the sponsors because they're at closing. And it de-risks the deal from an investment standpoint because the deal is closed. So we can present all the materials finalized to investors to make their investment decisions. And at the end of the day, we like it so much we took it down. If we're still invested in the deal um, through the crowd vehicle, which we haven't to date, we've been we've sold that on every one, uh, we're in it. We're taking that risk, and that's an important nuance.
0: The, the offerings that, that you guys have, are these... Um, like direct deals where somebody, you know, you have, here's this certain asset, this multifamily property, and somebody's investing directly in that? Or, you know, are there funds where somebody's, you know, investing and that might comprise, you know, several properties in it in a, across a, a portfolio? You,
1: you ask a great question because essentially at the end of the day, in the crowdfunding industry, there are three types of in models that you can invest in. There are marketplaces, which just present other people's deals and act as the middlemen. Uh, There are companies that offer funds where they raise the money in advance and then identify the deals that they want to invest in. Then there's our model, which we call the direct to real estate investment model, which we've identified the deal. We have closed on it. We've written the check and you have the opportunity to choose which individual deal you would like to own and partner in. And the fund model is something that it's 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 appealing. It's I'm not going to lie. It's very very easy to go out there, uh, issue a tear sheet, uh, you know, target people through advertisements and 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 other means to solicit them into a hypothetical um, broad real estate investment strategy that you have not identified yet. I inherently think that there's a tremendous amount of risk in that model when you're dealing with a retail investor or somebody who has not invested in real estate or invested in, frankly, anything before, right? Some of these platforms have minimums of $500, $1,000. If you were to go to their investors and ask them and say, hey, what other types of investments do you make? They might say, I own some Nike stock or I was gifted some Apple stock, right? And that's a scary concept that they're reading a tear sheet saying, hey, broad investment strategy, you know, retail Northeast, that's it no properties identified. If things go wrong, that's exactly who the SEC comes and targets. It's what was being advertised, how and how is the consumer affected. So I think there's a lot of risk there and that's why we don't offer that model. We also think that our model offers people to truly truly diversify um, in their portfolio and pick what they want to invest in. We definitely have a lot of local investors who you know said uh, this is in my backyard. I love this. I get to drive uh, you know drive by, see how the project's doing um and and be a part of it and and that being a part of it is such an instrumental drive in the crowdfunding space i I cannot really share just how much it matters to people
0: rubber crowd recently launched its um its first you know single family build to rent uh investment offering and i mean do you feel that you know this activity i mean is contributing to the the high home prices and two you know, why the, the big bet on single family rentals right now?
1: Yeah, it's it's been my belief for for about a year now, and I've been talking about it very actively in the market, that you're seeing a rise in housing prices because of where the interest rate environment exists existed, exists today and is being worked on. Um, and and the amount of money that was that was printed and put into the economy by the government through stimulus that really dates back to 2008, 2009. Um, you know, it, it's we've just been on an upward trajectory. Um, I think that more specifically, you have the institutional play um, coming in and that is contributing as well. Um, I think it's not as major as some of the other factors, but it is there. And when you drill down on it and what's important to note is there's a difference between single family rentals Scattered site communities that are being bought up by institutions, and what we're doing, which is build-to-rent communities. We are we are finding land, and we are looking at the environment, and we are building new homes for rental from scratch, and that's adding housing supply. That's helping. That's filling a demand. We have a shortage of housing. There's a short. There's there's a problems with affordability across the board. People want. To rent, they want, but they they want the amenities of, of what a home offers, but they can't afford it. They're being priced out. They want to rent. We provide that for them. The scattered site concept that institutions are buying on is, is dangerous. They are affecting the market, albeit most of the market, more, more than 75%, is still owned by mom and pops around the country. They are having a big play in it. And more specifically, this asset class is only 5% of the overall multifamily market, so it's important to also note the, the specifics there. But um, it is having a play, and it is drive home, driving, contributing to driving homeownership up. And at the end of the day, the way that I look at it for investors as well is these larger institutions come in, and when they buy these homes, and, 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 they, and they, they establish these funds, and they go out there, and they buy these portfolios, They're relying on a couple different things right they're relying on increasing rents but they're also relying on appreciation and the market that we exist in today appreciation may no longer be there so these funds will take a hit but with that said the immediate effect right now is affordability and home ownership and we're in a bad place
0: i mean this this build to rent um concept so i mean these are like basically communities right you know these from what i've seen these are i mean pretty cool places i mean you get you know, different amenities, you know, unlike just running a house in a neighborhood. Are these valued as like a single asset, this this entire community, or are they valued on you know each individual home and what, you know, that might be worth collectively?
1: They're valued like a multifamily property in that they are the aggregate. Um, you could always break down and we do in our analysis what each home could sell for. We never have it in our business plan to individually flip a home or sell it. Um, we are solely out there to do build for rent communities, but yeah, they're financed, they're looked at really as a, a multifamily asset. And, you know, we're, we're looking at the local markets and assessing what are the desires of people and what will they pay? So we're analyzing, you know, how we're looking at our square footage for each building and what we're offering um, and, our, and our rents. And, and obviously, you know, we put a lot of work into making sure that the fundamentals are supported by that local market.
0: I mean, so the the demand for these, um, you know, is it more, you know, need based like we are renting because we have no other choice or people sort of, you know, choosing to rent? um, You know, I mean, there are a lot of benefits to, you know, renting instead of owning a home, you know, especially in a a community like this. Or, I mean, is it a, a pretty good mix of the two?
1: It's a pretty good mix. I mean, you had COVID accelerate a lot of trends, right? You had millennials, you had people moving from urban areas. Um, into suburban areas who couldn't afford the down payment of homes and weren't sure where they also wanted to end up permanently. They're trying things out. A lot of demand, people wanted more space, work from home. All of those factors contributed greatly um, to the rise in the demand for this specific asset class. Um, A lot of those trends are here to stay for the long term and people are getting used to space and people are okay not living in the major urban areas anymore, just outside them, um, to trade that off because even look at the millennial population, you know, they're they're a huge population that's coming of age, family formations happening. COVID accelerated their demand or their shift into housing or out of their urban core urban areas. Um, This is the perfect product for them. And we're seeing a lot
0: of that across the board. You know, these big institutions, um, you know, buying up these properties with, you know, this institutional capital. I mean, you guys are you know, kind of giving it back to individuals in a sense. A lot of our, you know, our listeners here are actually new to real estate and, you know, they're starting to look for things outside of stocks or crypto and, you know, that they can start investing in. So, you know, I'd really love to hear from you, you know, kind of what your reason is for investing in real estate, you know, and what it is about this asset class that, you know, that has attracted you and that you still, still love. At the end of the
1: day it's, it's, it's a myriad of factors. Uh, like I said earlier, it's in my blood. So there's always that it's, it's what I know. Um, but it's a tangible asset class. Um, and specifically what we focus on is the bread and butter of, of, of housing, right? It's, it's workforce communities, multifamily communities. Uh, the demand for that will never change. It might go, rents might go up and down, but there will always be a demand. In fact, there's a shortage across the board. Um, so, I really like the, the fact that it's tangible. I like the fact that it's always in demand, so it's, it's more safe and secure. It traditionally acts as a hedge against inflation. Um, you know, you have the ability to move around rents, which is a really big deal. Um, and you're not, you're not tied to the public markets. So sort of diversification for investors is huge. Um, those are all the factors that I've always liked. I think that they're incredibly and strongly supported. Right now, the investment interest in multifamily has only grown tremendously. And with everything going on in the world today, I think that'll continue to happen.
0: All right. So before I let, get, let you get back to you know, doing all of the, the hard work um, on behalf of us, you know, passive lazy landlords, you know, do you have, you know, any final piece of advice you want to give um, investors in terms of navigating market right now? You know? My
1: advice would be know who you're partnering with, know their experience, see if there's an alignment of interest and look at where they're projecting to exit is it realistically in line with where the market is heading right now and is, is, is arguably already at and people haven't fully realized it. So it's important to do your diligence, take a lot of things into consideration and ask questions. If you don't get answers to those questions, you have a problem.
0: All right. That's perfect. Thank you so much, Adam. It was great speaking with you. Um, and I hope we get to do it again soon. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it.